0: Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. I am here with a very special guest, Dr. Danny <laughs> of Steady SteadyMD. Um, thank you very much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're here at the Granite Games and today's episode is brought to you by the NC Fit Collective. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do for session plans and programming. So Danny, I am super intrigued. I'm, I'm very intrigued about your pizza startup that mm-hmm. didn't do as well. And I'm also intrigued by the Steady MD concept and how you guys are basically um, innovating the space. I, I want to talk about it and I want to see what type of correlations we could make to the gym owner. And mm-hmm. this is very much so an entrepreneurship business owner coaches podcast. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to learn from what you're doing on the Steady MD side and then also your experience starting a frozen pizza uh, business with your sure. sister. Yes. I want to dive in. Uh, you got 20 minutes? Yeah, 20, absolutely. 25 minutes? All right, guys, let's go ahead and dive in. We got 20, 25-minute AMRAP with Dr. Danny right now. Three, two, one, let's go. So for those of you who don't know, um, Danny, uh, his wife is Julie Fouché, who's been a long-time CrossFit Games competitor, and that's how we've met. Mm-hmm. And so you're 31, and you are done with your residency. You are officially a doctor. And what right. is your specialty?
1: My specialty is family medicine. But I have a... So a lot of folks, when they when they finish family medicine, they'll kind of go into general practice, and then some of us have a particular specialty or special interest. And I have something that I've got really passionate about, which is what's called functional medicine. We can go into that a little bit, and that's something that I practice through that platform that you mentioned, SteadyMD. Perfect. And so, where'd you go for undergrad? Uh, University of Michigan. That's actually where I met Julie. Okay. Yeah, we met in the dorms. And um, funny story, I was actually. An RA in her dorm, a different kind of hallway, oh, but oh. <laughs> that's how how we ended up meeting
0: through some mutual friends. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you met you met Julie. You're in University of Michigan for yep. your undergrad. For undergrad, in microbiology. Microbiology, of course. You're pretty smart. Well, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> and then, I like to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went and got your. Um, and then you went. You knew you wanted to go to the MD track pretty much immediately.
1: No, actually, I, in in, uh, in high school, I got really well, – earlier than high school. I was always into music, but I wanted to be an opera singer and then actually applied for music school. Didn't That ended up not working out. Then tried to find another passion and shadowed some doctors and then got into medicine that way or an interest in medicine that way. You
0: wanted to be an opera singer? Yes. So can you like just – well, right. not anymore.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I was singing opera, I sang our national anthem in in high school, and and during graduation, really doing that. It's kind of a weird thing to get into. I, to give you some some backstory here, I was a typical kind of skater too. I was okay. Skateboarding, snowboarding, yeah. You know, that, and then somehow I got into opera, so I had this really weird world if you all these two worlds collide okay so so you're like
0: tony hawk and uh andre bocelli like like coming together yeah (laughs) wow and so so okay so you get in you know you're you're on the you're on the dock track yep exactly now um you finished your residency about a year ago two years ago two months ago two months ago excuse me yeah you could start um providing medical advice Mm -hmm. while you're one year into your residency of how many years uh, of three. Of yeah. three.
1: So people typically, compl- they'll complete medical school. They'll get your, their medical degree. They'll be a doctor. Then they'll pursue a residency. And after one year of residency, then they'll be able to practice without supervision in most states in the U.S. after they get a license.
0: I love it. So, yeah. you know, I have a unique um, viewpoint of the hospital compared to some. Sure. Primarily because we've spent so much time there with my daughter mm-hmm. that we'd be there and doctors would do their rounds, as I'm sure you're more than familiar with. Mm-hmm. And, man, they would just come deep. You know, you'd have to... <laughs> You'd have the resident, then you'd have the attending, and you'd have the you know the the different levels, and they'd all kind of come around. Right. and They would ask the resident, like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Mm-hmm. It was always intriguing to me because it's very much so a, um, the type of hospital is a learning hospital, like a right? Teaching hospital, teaching yeah. hospital. Yeah. It's at Stanford, mm-hmm. and it was very, very, very cool experience to to watch the the youth come up. And I think what you're doing that's really unique is you're bridging the gap between conventional Western medicine, mm-hmm. right, which I'm obviously a huge advocate of primarily sure. because without chemotherapy, I don't believe my daughter would be here today. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might argue that, but in my opinion, based on my research, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Ava got diagnosed, mm-hmm. someone had told me just to have her take a thousand milligrams of vitamin C every day and she'd be cured. <laughs> I was like, I hope that, you know, uh, that would you know, be like, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> if that
1: were the case, if that was the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so to, to, To now blend the two worlds, you know, you come from across the world, very functional medicine and very, very much so um, functional application. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. You're about, you know, eating right, working out right. And you believe a lot of benefits will come from that, I'm sure. sure, Absolutely. And so when you when you finished your residency year, you were one year in, I want to I want to first talk about um, why did you decide at that time to go into business with your Sister, and the reason why I ask you this yes. is I think it's very interesting. Yeah. A lot of gym owners start their business as a hobby and don't really look at it as a business necessarily from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And some people go in with multiple partners and things like that. Now, when I look at this from the outside, mm-hmm. there's a couple of things that are just automatically shock me about the business. One is you're getting in a frozen, healthy pizza, mm-hmm. so it's interesting because it's frozen but it's healthy, and then you were never in the food business. You're in the medical business. Like you were in medical school, obviously had a biology background. You're very, you know, and so those don't mix to me. And then the other thing is you got in with your sisters. That's family business. So like right off the get go, you're like, oh, red light. So tell me about your experience. You, you, you're you're in your residency and you started this company. Why did you start it? And what did you learn from it?
1: Yeah. So, you know, to give you a little bit of background how i kind of approach things in my my philosophy I, with everything that i do i try to contribute to try to build something or have a, have a purpose not just for you know financial gain but to to make the world a better place for lack of a better term and i had that kind of same thought process in medical school when i saw the foods that we were feeding our uh-huh, patients yeah. it was it was horrendous and i knew that you know nutrition was the cornerstone of of health really and was frustrated by the food options in the hospital, the the, one, the food options provided to the residents, and then the stuff in the grocery store, too. So I thought, you know, I need something that's fast, convenient, um, and healthy. And at the time, my family and I, we'd gotten into paleo and we were cooking meals and we were trying to figure out a way to keep them fresh and, you know, well preserved. So we got a vacuum sealer, started vacuum sealing our food, our paleo meals, and we decided to turn that into um, a business. And we started selling through through CrossFit gyms and this so is always the cook intent on Sundays yep. and we rented a community kitchen and my sister and I would just cook these meals and then drop them off at local CrossFit gyms and then sell them sell them that way through an online platform. We had no experience whatsoever. Right. We were just winging it. We thought that, you know, Everything that's built in this world is built by people probably no smarter than us. Right? So we just have to get after, we have to learn and just we'll figure it out as we go. And actually that lesson that I learned, I learned from from my work in the hospital. I had a research project with with a transplant surgeon and he just refused to believe that something wasn't possible. He said come back to me in 2 or 3 days and find me a solution. Like failure was not an option. And that was instilled in me. Um, early on in medical school And that's kind of what propelled me Even through those really dark times When we were cooking in the middle of the night You know, after a full week's worth Of, of being in the hospital yeah. Making those meals And then dropping them off at gyms
0: And so you were you're working You were doing rounds at the hospital You were doing different areas, right? So you yep. go to Rotations. pediatrics yep. You do So yeah. I, did you spend time in oncology then?
1: Yeah Yeah, absolutely Absolutely That's a
0: that's a not fun place though. No. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So you're, you're, you're doing your thing. And so you started this business because you had a passion for bringing healthier food Yeah. and you did it with your sister and start off kind of more basic. Now, when did you, did you make an investment into it? And then when did you decide to kind of shut the door on it?
1: Yeah. So it was all self-funded. Um, it was a project my dad was very heavily involved as well. And initially, we had made many different types of meals. We had, you know, fajitas and lots of different stuff. And then my dad was kind of playing around the kitchen um, one day, and he created this really amazing pizza crust. And we started with cauliflower. Or? Um, it was with tapioca flour, okay. and almond flour, and it was it was fantastic. So we said, oh, let's see how the market responds." Let's just start selling it, see if people like it. And there was an overwhelming response to the point where we actually shifted all of our, we removed all of our other products and just sold the pizzas because they were so well-received. And we started to develop that product more and more and more, to the point where we found out that selling it through gyms just wasn't worth our time. So, we yep. had to shift our entire model from selling to gyms to selling to grocery stores. So, we actually um, worked with a co-packer to, to produce our product for us. Um, and that was a quite a big challenge because we had to find one that um was gluten free used ingredients that were pasture raised had you know adhered to our very rigorous standards. We didn't want any garbage in our product, even to the point where we made sure that the 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 um the nonstick sprays that they put on their their pizza presses yeah. weren't loaded with chemicals. that was a huge um thing to try to figure out as wow. well yeah and um so there were lots and lots of hurdles that we kept having to shift and move and figure things out as, as things kind of progressed. And luckily, my sister um, uh, was taking the lead on all of that as as I became more and more busy through through medical school to the point where then she started kind of running um, the day to day operations and the whole business. By the time I really started residency,
0: so business was growing. It right? was. You yeah. outsourced some of the mm-hmm. manufacturing. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. And so. What it happened? Biz- yeah, yeah. So, so what happened? I mean,
1: so we got to a point where um, you had distribution. We right? had distribution. We were um, pretty much from from Michigan all the way to Florida. We were in many, many different stores huh. and many different Earth Fair stores. Okay. And then the the time came where we had to scale, and when you you can't really uh, self fund scale, or at least yeah. we couldn't fund our, yeah, our own yeah, right. scaling process. So we couldn't find the funding, and we uh, my sister went from you know shop to shop to shop. For months and months and months, we just couldn't find the funding, to, and it kind of reached a point where we were involved in other projects, and we kind of have to shift our focus and say, you know, this didn't work out. We still, you know, still have the recipe and the potential to maybe restart it in the future, but our time is better spent elsewhere.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so correct me if I'm wrong. To summarize, you and your sister all good created a cool product, outsourced it, had distribution, but it wasn't at a scale that was you know, a cash cow for you. It wasn't like you're no. making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So when you looked to either, okay, so you guys are probably in a point where you're like, okay, well, you know, were making a couple of bucks. We're spending a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Right. But for us to then go to the next level, we'd have to make a major investment at that point. You had other things going on in your life. You just couldn't, you couldn't justify it. Or you right. couldn't do it. Right. I think that's really important for gym owners to think about too, is that when you look at your gym, you know, if it's making $10,000 a year, mm-hmm. right. And, you know what's the opportunity cost elsewhere for right. you spending all this time for that and not to mention the risk and liability for gym owners but you know for you you had to do a really like a deep dive and say okay look mm-hmm. I'm getting my MD or excuse me I have my MD I'm I'm finishing my residency I have earning potential of X mm-hmm. but if I'm spending X amount of hours doing this you know right. what's gonna happen right because it's a like give and take all the time. All the time. It's really, really interesting. So you guys kinda put that back on the back burner. Yep. And now tell me so you finished up the the um, residency a couple months ago, but before even that, you started to work with a company called Steady MD. and right. I'm really intrigued by this model because it's monthly residual income, which I'm really interested in. You know, one of the benefits that we have in the membership business is that I always like to look at, like, what's our risk and liability? So take, for example, us. We have six open to the public locations, another 14 or so corporate sites, mm-hmm. and about 5,000 members. Mm-hmm. So out of all those members, the chances of, or let's just talk about commercial gyms, like 3,000 members, Mm -hmm. the chances of all of them canceling tomorrow are relatively slim. Mm -hmm. And so not only do we have these diversified income streams between corporate, commercial, and our online platform, but now we have multiple people within those streams. Mm -hmm. So when I look at Mm SteadyMD, you have a number of different clients that pay you a monthly retainer and... When you grow from 100 to 1,000, the chances of all of them canceling overnight are very slim. So you have yeah. all these small legs to your table right. that keep you nice and stable. Is right. I'm trying to make. It's like
1: a diversified portfolio. It is,
0: yeah. 100%. So, so tell me more about SteadyMD. Yeah.
1: So SteadyMD is a completely virtual, what's called direct primary care service. And the model is that um, we don't deal with insurance. People pay a monthly subscription fee to have access to a physician 24-7. And they can communicate with the physician via um, a HIPAA compliant, an encrypted app. So they can send um, health information that way, kind of like a texting app. Yep. Uh, Regular phone call or video chat. Starts with an hour-long onboarding appointment, get to know you. And then um, as many 30-minute appointments or maybe even longer if if needed appointments um, for as long as they
0: they like. So I think the model is genius. And Mm -hmm. so how much is it a month? A hundred bucks. A hundred bucks a month. And I know my wife actually uses once. And so what happens is, you get on the phone with you. You you get to understand who this person mm-hmm. is. And generally, would would you say most of your clientele is a little bit more fit or or no?
1: No, not necessarily. Actually, that's what I, I. So the the way that it's structured the business is they try to pair you with a physician, or they do pair you with a physician that has a similar lifestyle. So they have, you know. It's not just for people who are active, but they have a powerlifting practice, a functional fitness practice, a triathlon practice. They have an LGBT practice, a general kind of medicine practice, and they try to pair you with folks who have similar perspectives and understandings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because you're going to be connected to this person. Right. Yeah, and the, and they, you know, they. It's all about relationships. That's really what primary care is about. And um, so then you build this relationship, and um, you work very. Cl- we work very closely with. Um, a person's in-person primary care doctor. But most people are generally, you know, they don't see that person very, very frequently.
0: No, no, no. And and so, you know, hundred bucks a month, uh, you have different people that get to know you. And I think you're right about the relationship. Like it would be the, the equivalent, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the equivalent of like you and I, let's just say we're longtime friends, right? Yeah. And I just call you up, hey Danny, you know, I know I just need a Z Pack, right? Mm-hmm. I know what it is. I have this. And we talk about the symptoms, you you analyze, you address, exactly. and you just get it at logs right, or whatever. Right. Or and longs. we've, you
1: know, I know you. We've known each other for years. It's kind of like I know your background. If you're having these particular symptoms, I know what's going on and we know the next steps. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I, I so it, it really, saves you half a day out of the doctor's office. It, it really
0: does because I think right nowadays, I mean, I could speak for myself. The medical system, as far as hospitals is concerned, is a really challenging, broken system. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the bills right. that I've received and the insurance—it's it, just messed up. It's weird, but Urgent Care has been really a yeah. really cool new addition, right? Mm-hmm. But you're almost like a bridge between, you know, a, an in-person, let's just say, annual visit to your doctor. Mm-hmm. You're definitely not trying to be at a hospital. No, if things are really not. wrong, if you if you break your arm or mm-hmm. if you cut yourself really bad, you need to go to the hospital, right? Right. But you're just saying, hey, you know, normal, reoccurring stuff, right? And so, for Steady MD, you have multiple doctors on staff, correct? Correct. Right? Yep. And your specialty is the functional training side, mm-hmm. and you obviously have an extensive background in in mm-hmm. CrossFit and training. So, with a monthly, from a business model perspective, I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, from a from a um, practicality perspective, how do you feel like it's working? And what are the lessons learned that you've seen? I mean, do you feel like it's just dialed? Yeah, I think it's from the from the patient's perspective
1: and the and the physician's perspective I think it's been a win-win. So for the patient you have access to a physician, you can ask them questions, you feel comfortable, they understand you. From a doctor's perspective, some people might say, "Well, how many p- patients can you support?" right? And I'll say 500 people. they will say, wow, that sounds like a lot of folks, right? <laughs> well, yeah, well. uh, you know, a traditional primary care doc typically supports 2,000 to 2,500 people. That's a that's And, a good you know, that's why you have these five, 10-minute visits and you feel like you're meeting the physician every single time or the physician doesn't even remember you. So with this... Um, you can actually get to know people, and this model, this virtual model, where you you pay a subscription fee and you have you know 500 patients, isn't just validated virtually. It's also validated um, in in-person practice as well. There's plenty of other practices, kind of local practices, that have a subscription-based model and do very well and are not overwhelmed. The physician has more time for their patients. They're actually paid a, a better salary. The patients actually pay less money because they spend less time in urgent care, less time in the hospital, um, and overall have much better outcomes
0: well I think I think what's really cool about this conversation is that you guys are being innovative you know mm-hmm. steady MD is is causing um you know causing disruption in the space and mm-hmm. I, I, I like looking at that mm-hmm. I mean I think about that all the time with us in our gyms you know how do we how do we just continue to move forward how do we cause disruption in different areas and mm-hmm. and just try and do things better and I think what right. you recognize is like dude if you're you know traveling or you're whatever and you just have something basic and mm-hmm. you have to go in and go through all these things and regardless of the expense, right? just the fact that um, you make it so accessible, right. right? In a digital age, why wouldn't it be accessible, right? Mm-hmm. Like gone are the days of, I, I love, yeah. I love the innovation. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's interesting because, you know, in the, in the beginning people were saying, well, you know, you're not seeing this person in, you know, in person. Yeah. Um, so are you able to develop that relationship? And what I found, I was very, I had that same opinion too. I was very resistant at first and I discovered that it's, it's not an issue at all. You can really build a very similar relationship to an in-person relationship virtually.
0: Yeah. And I think you just need to know what you're getting into. Like for mm-hmm. example, if I'm a, if I have, we have digital clients, let's just say, sure. Who are getting our workouts through videos and through whatever. Yeah. There's a certain relationship there, right? right. Like Julie Fouché has her program or Julie, I should say, has her program, right? Yeah. But there, then there's that connection. Mm-hmm. But then if they wanted more, we would recommend for them to go into a gym nearby right. and get a coach right. right in a similar but different way it's like hey this is our relationship yep. but if for example i don't think i could service you because of the you know the injury's too big or whatever right. we will outsource you to another we will we will direct you elsewhere like we're humble enough like i'd imagine
1: yeah, yeah absolutely hey,
0: hey man something's wrong you need to go see you know ex yeah. doctor
1: you know there's i'm glad that you bring that up because you know as primary care physicians we have a very you know broad understanding of things but we don't have a very detailed understanding of of many things yeah so what we've done actually is worked with with another company and we have access to different specialists. So, rather than just sending you to specialists to answer a simple question or particular concern, I can send your case virtually to that specialist. We'll take a look at the case, make recommendations and say, oh, you know what, this is easily handled over the internet, tell them to do this and they'll be fine, we'll go from there. Or they might say, oh, this is a big deal, these are the labs that I want you to get before yeah. they see me. So, once they get in my door, we can use our 30 minutes to an hour effectively and get the
0: person an answer right away well because cuz you're more of a generalist right mm-hmm, correct. which is which is phenomenal right. but then again you need to know when to outsource right? I mean, exactly. you know so my you know for example when my daughter was diagnosed we went and we were we would see um, you know her uh, pediatrician sure and the the really the straw that broke the camel's back for us there was a number of things but she was receiving excessive bruising and mm-hmm. falling asleep at sure. school and we finally got blood work done with the pediatrician mm-hmm. but then obviously he said Hey, dude! You gotta go to the ER (laughs) and go see a specialist immediately. Right. Which is an extreme case, but it's a good example of Mm -hmm. you have your general doctor for all these Mm -hmm. different things, and you outsource. And I think you guys are doing that in a digital age, which is Mm -hmm. which is really cool to see. Mm -hmm. So you finish your residency. um, You you're you're now working with SteadyMD full time. Correct. Yeah. And now you're no longer you're not working in the hospital. You're not working in the clinic. You're just
1: completely virtual.
0: You're completely virtual, so you can work anywhere. Yeah. And now today. (laughs) Wow. And now when Julie leaves, will she be doing the same thing? Or excuse me, when Julie finishes?
1: Yeah. um, It's something that she's definitely considering. Yeah. We'll see kind of where things are at.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, um, you're a good example of someone who, you know, kind of got into something stuck with it. You know, I was talking to someone earlier about it. I was talking to a 21 year old and he asked me like, what advice I would give? I said, Hey, look, you know, if I was in your shoes 10 years ago or X amount of years ago, I would have said, find something you like become really, really good at it, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually, people are willing to pay you for that service because you're such an expert at one thing. It sounds like you kind of found your track earlier on after mm-hmm. opera, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you stuck with it, and you graduated school as quickly as you could. Yeah. I mean, dude, you're 31, and you're full, full, done, done, done. Mm-hmm. Good for you, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, for those people, those gym owners out there, those coaches who are interested in the MD mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. right? Where can they find more information about – uh, you the practice SteadyMD, because i think for gym owners it's interesting just to you know maybe they'll reach out and create some type of content with you just to let their members know because sure. i think you know just like they want to innovate through fitness mm-hmm. i think some of our members i think would be interested in this type yeah of
1: thing. absolutely they can just go to SteadyMD.com, and they'll see you know all our different offerings and they can go to the functional fitness category if they're interested in in chatting with me
0: Perfect. And then if they want to find you personally, just go through there.
1: Go through there or they can find me on Instagram at DannyRacuyoMD or shoot me an email at um, Danny at SteadyMD.com. And that's D-A-N-I.
0: D-A-N-I mm-hmm. at SteadyMD.com. Correct. Well, brother, I really appreciate the 22 minutes you took with us today. <laughs> um, I appreciate your insight into this pizza business and in, in particular, how you know you needed to kind of Understand where your energy was best spent because ultimately I have so much time and so much energy. Right. And uh, that was really helpful to hear. And I like yep. the disruption you're causing in the space. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, thanks thank for you. having me. i right, have a good day, everybody.